Hello, book lovers. You're listening to Both Sides Book Club with Katie and Debbie Allen. Every two weeks we get together and chat about a different book. We can't promise you that we will always agree, but then there are at least two sides to every story. Why don't you read with us and join in the conversation? Let's go. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Both Sides Book Club with Katie and And Debbie. Debbie. Um, Before we get started today, I would like to acknowledge the Bangjalung people, the traditional custodians of the land in which we meet today. I would also like to pay my respects to any elders past and present. And I would also like to further that respect to any Aboriginals or Torres Strait Islanders that may be listening or watching this episode today. So today we are talking about a very special book, The Yield by Tara June Winch. So um, I love this book. I absolutely, Katie said this. I love all of our books. I love all of our books. But this book for me was just absolutely exquisite and extraordinary. So if you guys haven't had a chance to read it yet, you need to. Mm. But just to give a little bit of a recap on the story. It's set in a a fictional Australian town um, called uh, Massacre Plains and um, a young woman, August Gondawindi, comes home to Australia after having been overseas for quite a long time um, when her grandfather dies. When she returns, she finds that the land in which they've always lived prosperous um, is going to be reclaimed by a mining company. So August um, sets out to try and stop the land from being reclaimed. Gives me goosebumps just you saying that makes me go, oh. I know. Yeah. I know. I know. It's actually, actually, I haven't haven't told you this. um in the in the book the the mine is is a tin mine mm-hmm. so they're going mm-hmm. to um mine it mine it for tin um but in fact in the area of western new south wales or victoria where um Tara uh, imagined the area to be, mm-hmm. there actually weren't any tin mines. But right. apparently when she was writing the book, she just kept ha- having the words um, of um, the tin man, you know, from yeah, okay. um, from the Wizard of Oz going yeah. through her head. Like the tin man had no heart. Right. Mining companies have wow. no heart. So it had to be a yeah. tin mine, wow. which, I just, uh, which I just loved. I yeah. thought that that was amazing. Really powerful. Mm. Um, mm. This book has so many themes to it it um it discusses um disruption and destruction of environments um with the tin mine with the mines coming in um it discusses um aboriginal culture and it um it just discusses a lot of things about australia and helps i think re-educate in many ways about what we yeah um have or what many of us have thought about Australia and um, how it comes about. So it's 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 very. If you haven't read it, I would say it's extremely humbling, and it's a book that really is a bit of a wake up call to re-educate or educate yourself on on Australia. Yeah, I mean, um, again, if you haven't if you haven't heard about the book and you haven't had chance to read it yet, I'll actually just say that basically. Um, 
Tara has has just swept the board with all of the major literary prizes in Australia this year mm. um, with this book. And I think that just shows the the importance and the calibre and the exquisiteness of of the writing. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I think we could, you know, with this book, I think we could we could sit here and we could talk to you for for hours, but we're not going to do that because we want you to read the book. Mm -hmm. um, so I think the first thing that I'd like to talk about um, is the structure of the book. Mm -hmm. the The book um, has three main narrators, so there are three strands of story from a different narrator that go that go through the book, and they all are in different periods of time as yeah. well. So yeah. so August is um, um, who's come home for um, for after her grandfather dies, obviously represents uh, the present. Um, and Albert or and Poppy. And the younger generation. And the too. younger generation, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah, totally. And um, Albert is the grandfather and before he dies he starts to compile a dictionary um, of all the wadgery words um, that, that are important to his tribe and we see his story told through um, the words that he collects. Yeah. And then the third strand is a, a more historical strand and that takes the form of um, a letters written by um, a Lutheran reverend, Greenleaf, who was in the area from the 1880s through to just before the the First, First World, World War. War, and he established the 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 mission, the the Aboriginal mission on on. Yeah, exactly. So um, August talks about the prosperous house, but originally it was the prosperous mission. Mm. Um, so there's lots of contrast between the three stories, which I think really aids in getting a broader perspective of um what times were like in present and also what the what, sorry what times are like in present and also what times were like in past and again i think that that was i mean obviously it, it, it was deliberate but i think the um the reason that we have such a broad spread um through this story was that the author really um, wanted it to center on the place. So she actually did want to find a way of telling the history of that place, but mm. through different voices mm. um, and not necessarily strictly, strictly chronological. And I think she succeeds in that absolutely mm. incredibly mm. well. Mm. Mm. So let's talk about the, let's um, maybe break down the voices. So do you want to talk about a little bit about August first? Yeah, I mean, I think the first thing really that um, that struck me about August coming right off the back of reading Kokomo, Kokomo yeah. which was our first book for September, um, was that, um, or is that August is another young woman who basically flees Australia and her, and her home. Yeah. Um, She's quite after, tormented too, isn't she? She she is. She has, um, I mean, I think all of the characters, you yeah, know, all of the no, main characters ha have, have their have, have, in, have their demons. Yeah. They have their inner turmoil. Yeah. Um, but um, August loses her sister mm. and um, she leaves leaves Australia um, and, really, and really does struggle 
in terms of finding her her own sense of identity, um, where she comes from, belonging, and really and the I things that are important to her. Also, with finding pride in that too, in a way. Yeah, she's filled with shame. Yeah, she's filled yeah. with shame. Um, and it's only really when she comes home that she begins to be able to put the pieces together, which is very, very similar to Mina, yeah, in who Kokomo. who was who was one of the main characters in Kokomo. And it actually got me got me thinking a lot that um, you know maybe that is sort of part of the rite of passage that that. So many people, I mean, so many of us kind of, you know, you can't wait. Whether you've had necessarily had something hugely traumatic happen to you or not, you know, you it's can't wait. Of age thing. Exactly. Yeah. You yeah. can't wait. You can't wait to leave home. Yeah. But ultimately coming home actually is really, really important mm. because, and it's not only, I guess, the place of home. Yeah, I um, suppose home as well can also mean finding out about your ancestors or your elders or your relatives. I mean, yeah, totally. certainly I didn't have much of an interest about, um, you know, my, not not to be disrespectful, yeah. but I didn't have much of an interest about where all my family came from. But then as I got older, I definitely found it more um, important and I think it, it helps create a little bit stronger sense of identity and self. I think so too because I think it's really important in in order for us to be able to understand ourselves, mm. we have to understand who and where we come from. from. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and the character of August in this book, I think, you know, um, portrays that in so, so, so well, mm. um, you know, that she's actually rejected her heritage mm. um, and gone away, but then she comes back and... Accepts I, it as her own. I think that's the thing. Yeah. I think that's the thing that yeah. is like the coming of age thing is like you grow up and you hear you hear about your family and where you come from, but you've never... I don't think you really accept that as your own. That's just like it is what it is but yeah. i feel like as you as you get older you kind of find yourself in that and accept that yeah as is part of yourself and yeah. why you are the way you are yeah 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 absolutely yeah um and i guess so that sort of takes us i think that actually takes us quite nicely um onto the second main character who is albert or poppy oh i just loved him <laughs> <laughs> i know i know um wow the well, if you if you're a regular listener or or um, or of ours, oh, then you'll know that will know. <laughs> you'll know how much I love words and how much I love dictionaries. Dictionaries, I know. <laughs> I know. When, um, when we started reading this, my eyes just rolled. I was like, "Here we go, another dictionary book." So for anyone that loved the dictionary of lost words, here we are again. We also have another dictionary of hey, lost words. Dictionaries are good. Yeah, dictionaries yeah. are good, but they're but powerful. And I think we established that in the um, episode talking about the dictionary of lost words with Pitt Williams. Is, yeah, is Dictionaries are powerful and I feel like often we completely underestimate yeah. the, the majesty of words, I think. Yeah, and I think and 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 obviously with this book it's not it's not just a dictionary as in a list a list of words. Yeah. I mean the importance. So we hear all of Albert's story through the words in his, in his dictionary. Um, we so we learn say that it's a dictionary of Wadri words. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. So it's not a dictionary of English words; it's a, a dictionary of Aboriginal words. Yeah, 
Um, so we explore his life history. Mm. Um, we explore his ancestors because mm. um, because Albert is a time traveler, um, and so the spirits of the ancestors are with him. Mm. Um, we explore. Uh, his relationships um, w- with his wife. I love the. Uh, sorry, the the <laughs> flitting about all over the place. She likes this book. <laughs> flitting about all over the place here. But one of the one of the things I loved loved the most where was when he was um, talking about his his wife mm. Elsie. Mm. Um, and he was saying that. Um, if he ever called her, you know, a, a woman mm. um, in a in a demeaning sort of way, then she would just basically, you know, <laughs> flick him around the ears <laughs> and <laughs> say, <laughs> and flog him, and yeah. just sort of say, yeah, um, you know, you don't know what you're talking about. You you talk yeah. you talk to me like that, and, yeah, and yeah. yeah, which was great. So. Back, I think on, the back, other on, thing, back on point. Yes, the thing. The other thing that I really love about um, Poppy or Albert's voice is. I think if you aren't Australian or you haven't spent time in Australia, he really, through his Dreamtime stories and through explaining what different words means, he really captures the Australian landscape. I feel like, again, it's another one of those books. I think particularly, um, you know, I grew up on the east coast of Australia, but also in um, a small-ish kind of town, um, sort of rural, not really, but um, definitely not a city. And all the bird noises yeah. and all of the like the the natural flora and flora yeah. is it, it's again one of those books where it's it's almost it's very visceral it's like you can smell the breeze you can feel i think there's a scene where she um yeah she probably's describing like the heat of the wind and it's like yeah that is australia i think it 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 captures from all the different birds and i mean it's almost uh, i'm going to now flitter because there's this funny um, passage in the book where you're going to, I don't know if you liked this or not, but I laughed. Not the plover. Yes, the plover. <laughs> <laughs> he describes a plover and a magpie. So in Australia, there are two birds that tend to really, really swoop you. Um, it is a plover and a magpie. Now, most people dislike the magpies. However, I mean, yes, they do swoop you, Um but in a way, I kind of he he actually describes the magpie yeah. as almost um, I'm gonna I'm not quite, not an elder, but it has a spirit to it. Yeah. Um, whereas he basically says that the plover is a devil bird, and for a hundred percent, I could not agree more. These plovers have spikes on their wings, and this <laughs> poor mum the other day we were going past Coles, and literally, poor mum, she got so attacked by these plovers that they scraped her with the with the wings um and they make this like noise and it's like <laughs> terrifying it like makes you shake in your no actually you not, not 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 only that i don't know what it is about me i think i think maybe it's the hair although i've normally got it up into a ponytail but um but it, it it's something but no uh, we went for a walk the other day yeah. um a country walk i live out in the country we went down country lanes and bam a plover no magpie oh, magpie <laughs> So I 
actually had to borrow my part my partner's t-shirt to wrap around my head because I hadn't got a hat on. So, so, yeah, Poppy really, really <laughs> captures the Australian landscapes, and I love that he calls yeah. the plumber the devil bird because a hundred percent it is a devil bird. Absolutely. Um, but. Yeah, anyways, that was, and we really digressed. But <laughs> yeah. back to his story. It's, um, yeah, it, it's it's just awesome. He, he really, he really takes you into all these tiny little micro stories that start to weave together. Yes. And build a really strong um, understanding of, um, what it was like for him growing up, and he yeah. is a, he is an elder as well. So it's like all the so stories. He, so he, he grew up. So again, if if you guys haven't read it, um, Albert grew up on on the mission. Yeah, mm. and hearing his story through his little words, it it makes you laugh. It makes you cry. It makes you just really have a much better perspective. Well, for me, it was extremely humbling because I really started to understand. Um, so much more about Aboriginal culture, and I loved, I loved that. And I think, yeah, um, yeah, I'll actually carry on, carry on with that. Um, me too. I um, mean, I think you start reading Albert's narrative, and and you're, you, you know, you start reading it. Yes, as okay. Uh, these are the words, and and he'll tell anecdotes mm-hmm. about them. But as the book progresses, as his dictionary progresses. Mm-hmm. It all weaves together. Mm. Um, so, you know, just subtly, 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 different things, different things come mm. in that then interweave with August's story mm. and, and, and the Reverend's story as well. Mm. So we just end up with this incredibly tightly woven, mm. um, picture. Mm. Um, mm as you say, of, of Australia and, and, and specifically of, of Prosperous. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, what is also the most important thing about um, Albert's story is the importance of language, mm-hmm. you know, is the importance of language to culture and identity. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and without being... Um, dictatorial or, or being heavy handed. I think, um, Tara really manages through the words of the dictionary to, to reinforce that, don't, don't mm, you? Mm. Absolutely. I think, um, as I kind of said before that I did find this book really humbling. And I think, um, you know, I, I spent a few years when I was younger in New Zealand and I yeah. absolutely love that as you go to school, every child learns Māori and yeah. often signs are in English and in Māori. Um, you know, you learn songs in Māori. Like I yeah. love so much that that's so celebrated and it really, really. Well, it's a bilingual, it's a bilingual country. And it like mm. I'm going to get teary because it really, really breaks my heart that, um, I mean, Tara talks about it in her author's note. Yeah. Um, Australia is, is pretty much holds a record for the, the fastest loss of language, yeah. um, in, in the world. Um, we had over 250 languages in Australia, all yeah. different variations of Aboriginal dialect, and we have none. It's just, it's so heartbreaking. Yeah. And, um, 
particularly going to school in Australia, like it's just, it shakes me that we're not taught Aboriginal words. Like we had NAIDOC, we have NAIDOC Day and we celebrate that, but it, 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 in a way, to use a pretty powerful word, it kind of, it disgusts me that we yeah. haven't celebrated that. And, um, gosh, I'm getting a bit shaky, yeah. but I think, I think, I think it's, it, this book is like a bit of a wake up call. Yeah. And, and, um, actually one of the, one of the catalysts for, um, for Tara writing the book, um, actually happened, um, um, when she was doing some research for her first novel, Swallow the Air, that was published mm. a few years ago. Um, and she was out in the countryside, um, um, in the area where her, her father's mob come from. Um, and she saw a sign, um, or an advert for, um, for indigenous language courses. Mm. Mm. And as she knew absolutely no, no wadgery at all. No, no, no words. Um, so she enrolled in this course mm. and, and, and started to, to learn some, some language. Um, and then as the, uh, the book took a long time to write, partly because, um, Tara had to learn the language. And thanks to, um, Uncle Stan Grant, um, who's a, a, a very, very well-known scholar, um, in Indigenous languages or in, in Aboriginal languages. Um, you know, she was able to, um, amass the knowledge and, 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 and write this, this section from, mm. from, um, Albert Poppy. Yeah. So we've talked about, um, August and Poppy. I yeah. think, um, we should talk a little bit about um, Reverend Greenleaf and his yeah. his voice throughout yeah. this. Why don't you lead that? On um, one? I think it was an important voice to be told. Did you find that hard to? Because you're because you um, you don't you don't like you don't really like reading historical. I think stuff. I feel like okay. I always have to defend myself when you say that. <laughs> okay, sorry, sorry. <laughs> um. No, but I am interested. <laughs> I do like some history, okay? <laughs> I like history. Um, but I actually did like his voice. I mean, at, at first I think it's always disjointing reading a story that's written for three different perspectives in three different time periods from three different, like, points of view. Mm. I think that's always very um, difficult to first wrap your head around. Mm. Um, but... I think that um, Greenleaf's story was really, really important because I think it it created contrast in a story. It created um, it created an understanding of how you can understand how misunderstood the Aboriginal culture was. I think in a way it's like it creates that contrast where you go, man, this guy is so arrogant and he just he doesn't get it. And I think having Poppy's story with his just creates this like as I was reading it, I had this kind of like battle between the two and like a bit of frustration with him. Mm. Um, but I think as at, at the end of his story, 
he gets frustration with himself and he he realises as well that he possibly was being a bit too arrogant. And I think that was clever how she did that. Yeah, I, I actually don't quite agree um, oh, okay. with that. No, no, because I think because um, I think for the time that, that he was living, so 1880 to, to you know, uh, to... 1915 or whatever, when the mission, he was setting up the mission. I mean, he did it with the absolute best of intentions. And in fact, I mean, obviously we can, we, we judge that now with today's eyes, but, uh, but at the time, his main reason for setting up the mission was because he saw how badly the Aboriginal people, um, were being treated by by, sure, by, by, he, by the his, settlers. His tone so, is so arrogant, though. The way but he I think writes that, but that. again, but again, I think that that is sort of patriarchal, and um, you know, in in the form of that, you know, they also uh, that they are my, you know, they are my children. I am look as a pastor. I, you know, they are my flock, if you like. I am looking, I am looking after them. So I think he, you know, I. Th- Sure, dreadful, dreadful things happened. Um, and he was complicit in that. Mm. Um, yeah, he but, definitely but I, th- but I do, but I do think that he did it with the best possible intentions. Um, and I think actually uh, w- was also really interesting and I think very clever that Tara wrote in was that um you know obviously he was a lutheran so when the first world war broke out well, that's what I he mean. was in inter- he was in turn so he so he that's had first hand experience that's what of, i mean I of feel what like it felt like to be interned and to I be mean. persecuted i feel like at the beginning mm. he was very um my way or the highway like this is what i believe is right yeah and very i i'm not backing down i felt like he was okay. very arrogant to begin with yeah. i don't think he really I think he had said in his mind that he was going to fix things, whereas and he, yeah. I don't think he was very accepting or gave patience or tried mm. to really understand. Um, but I think, it, as you say, later in yeah. the novel, it's like, you know, he gets what, slapped in the face a little bit. And yeah, goes, I mean, he's a complex character. He goes, oh, hang on a minute. Yeah. I've made a terrible, terrible, yeah. terrible um Miss, uh, miscalculation or misunderstood exactly what's going on. Mm. So I think it was clever that she did that because it, it did. It created that contrast, but then it became full circle in a way. And I just, I just felt that he was neither wholly bad nor wholly good. I, you know, I thought that I I thought, you know, I, um. I do think that there was that complex. I think it's a very complex character. Yeah, um, and I think that and that with came his own through. Turmoil and his own yeah. identity. Yeah, problems. absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. Um, so yeah, so that's basically the book breaking de- broken down into the three different perspectives, um, and I would highly, highly recommend everybody to to read it. I think it's. Um, it's really, really powerful. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I hope that, um, you know, actually on the cover, um, you know, Richard Flanagan, who, as we all know, is a very, uh, very famous um, 
author from Tasmanian has written a groundbreaking novel for black and white Australia. Mm. And I think, I really do think that, think that it is. Um, you know, I mean, we, we have seen over the last couple of years a lot more Aboriginal authors. Mm. Um, and in fact, in, in many ways, the story line of the yield is similar to um, Too Much Lip by Melissa Lukashenko, which mm. which won the Miles Franklin last year. Um, but as you know, I've I've heard Tara say in in an interview. Well, it was actually quite coincidental that we had similar themes, but um, in a way, we all have the same story to tell. Mm. And I think that that is absolutely right. Mm. Is you know that is the story of um, Australia um, needs needs to be told in in all of its um, all dark, of its dark. Uh, dark, dark, and um, unfair and and, mm. and and tragic tragic ways. And I think unless the story is told and told often and in many different ways, um, then... We can't move forward. We can't move forward. And on that note, mm. I actually want to read a passage from the book. So yeah, sure. if you haven't read the book, um, I think this passage just really gets you good. <laughs> <laughs> You're tearing up again. Yeah, because this is it's just such powerful stuff. Yeah. And, I mean, it's like... Being, I call myself Australian. I've spoke both of us um, oh. aren't originally from Australia, but I certainly grew up here. So yeah. it definitely it gets to me because I go, "Come on, guys! Mm. Like, let's get moving." You yeah. Know? So, anyways, here we go. And I apologise if I do mispronunciate any words. Mispronounce even. Mispronounce. Unintended <laughs> <laughs> okay, or whatever it is. <laughs> The Yarran tree, spearwood tree, or hickory acacia, yarrany. The dictionary is not just words. There are little stories in the pages too. After years with the second great book, I figured out that the best I figured out the best way to read it. First time, I went in reading like the Bible, front to back. A words first. There you find Aaron and him in the book of Exodus brother of Moses, founder of Jewish priesthood. Aardvark, that animal with a tube nose that eats ants of Africa. <laughs> there are abbreviations too, like AA, Alcoholic Anonymous, where people to go to heal from the bottle that punched me in the guts. My mummy, my she said, the Aborigine is a pity, my son. She said everybody was always insulted by her no matter what she did. And she let herself do most of the ins she let herself do most of the insulting things that she could think of. Take the poison they bought with him with them and go downtown. You could keep reading the dictionary that way, front to back, skip as a dart, or you can get to Aardvark and then skip to Africa and then skip to continent and then skip to nations and skip to colonialism, and skip over the empire and and skip back to apartheid in the A section that happened in South Africa. Another story. When I went on, the letter W in the Oxford Dictionary, Ruri, would be in that section. It means no. Ruri wasn't there, though, but I thought I'd make it there. Wheat was there, but I skipped ahead. Not our word for wheat, not Yara. So I thought I'd make my own list of words. We didn't have Z in our alphabet, 
I reckon, so I thought I'd start backwards. I'd nod the backwards white fella I grew up in. Start at why, Yarri, so that once upon a time for you, say it, Yarri. It's our word for spearwood tree, and from it I once made a spear in order to kill a man. So powerful, hmm. and I feel like mm. that really starts us off. It's yeah. like one of the first chapters, and you just go, yeah. Mm. So, in a nutshell, that's the yield. My tarot you <laughs> and wowza. Super, super powerful. Yeah. And it's mm. that time of the episode where we have our next book. Okay. So our next book is entirely different. <laughs> very different. Very, very different. So this, um, a few weeks ago, we asked you guys to choose between. Choose a thriller. Um, choose a thriller. We and we gave you an option of. writing into us saying, okay, it's time let's for a do thriller. It, let's do a thriller. Yeah. So, so we narrowed it down to two that we thought were terrific. Mm -hmm. um, and this is the one that you chose, The Safe Place by Anna Downs. And um, Katie, do you want to tell yeah, us a little bit sure. about it? So, um, The Safe Place by Anna Downs is a story about uh, a young girl called Emily. She is, um, she wants to be an actress and she's also working as a receptionist in an investment company. Um, and, you know, she's plodding through life. Um, she has a bit of a complicated um, relationship with her family. And um, one day she goes to work and she gets fired. And it's completely out of the blue because um, you know she's a very she's a very good employee. Um, it comes about that the big boss of this investment firm had may have planted a seed to get her fired, um, as he had other plans for her. Um, she ends up going to France and looking after a family where things are definitely not, not what they seem. Um, <laughs> yes, there is very interesting foul play and, um, you know, it's a good thriller. It keeps you guessing for a little bit. You think you kind of had figured it out and you haven't And then quite. you have it, yeah. So really good, a very different change of pace. Um, and, and a bit of fun. A bit of fun. So. Thank you everybody for listening to our episode. We once again love that you read with us and we're so grateful that you read along and you're in our book club with us. Yep. So until next time, happy, happy reading. If you like this episode, please subscribe and leave us a review. You can also find us on Instagram at bothsides.bookclub. We'll see you soon.